0: It seems like the Lord always confirms the message with this discussion in Sabbath school. (laughs) This morning we were talking about how someone would eyewitness something, maybe an accident. If several people eyewitness it, you're going to get different views. And my message this morning I titled, Eyewitnesses. Eyewitnesses. We're going to hear the word of an eyewitness. An eyewitness that saw the Lord. Scripture comes from 1 John. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. Hear the word of the Lord. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen, and bear witness, and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested to us that which we have seen and heard, and we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from Him and declare to you, that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His Word is not in us. May God add His blessings to the hearing and the reading of His Holy Word. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do give You praise and glory and honor. Father, we thank You for those that were witnesses to Your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, to thank You for the truth that they proclaim. And I just thank You for the Word that You've given us, Lord, to encourage us. Lord God, to show us Your ways, to direct us and lead us. Father, we thank You that You sent Your Holy Spirit to help us and guide us. And Father, we invite Your Holy Spirit to open our ears and our hearts to receive what You have for us today. And I just pray that every word, Father, would bring glory and honor to Your kingdom, Father. And it would just touch us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, today in the... In the world of law, that if you are going to have a trial, that there's something that is very important to have. And that is eyewitnesses, isn't it? To have eyewitnesses. Someone who has first-hand knowledge of what this trial is about, whether it's some crime or some action or whatever it is, it's good to have an eyewitness. Someone has seen this, experienced this with their senses meaning that they actually saw with their eyes, or else they heard with their ears. You know, it could be a conversation that they overheard. Someone planning a disastrous crime, you know, to murder somebody. You, maybe you heard that, overheard it. But you heard or saw with your own senses. Eyewitnesses are very crucial in, in identifying the person or persons responsible for crimes or accidents. Uh, an eyewitness testimony needs to be reliable because a person's innocent or guilt could rely on that testimony, right? Live observers of events are very crucial to establishing reliable, accurate histories of these events that have taken place. You know, many years ago, my wife Karen and I, we were traveling home from friend's house. I believe that we was probably to Old Town visiting with, the Sant Myers, and as we're coming up the Industrial Boulevard, heading north on the Industrial Boulevard towards Virginia Avenue, a car in front of us was swerving back and forth on the road. Of course, when you see someone swerving, naturally, what's the first thing you're going to think? Drunk, but now they're inebriated, right? They're drunk. Or, or they're falling asleep, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. So I stayed a safe distance behind this car, but sure enough, when he got to the intersection of Virginia Avenue... Red light, he didn't see no red light, rolled right through the red light, and there was a car coming. Now, as the timing happened to be, he didn't crash into the car, but the car had to swerve, take quick maneuvers to avoid hitting the guy, so he didn't T-boning, but he went up over the curve into the sign at Sheets. So we stop, of course, and the police officer there, you know, you're an eyewitness. You saw this. What happened? We explained to him what happened. Okay, then you're going to be called to come to the hearing if they have a hearing, if this goes to the trial. So I have to miss work, go to this trial. Of course, you have to sit through hour, you know a couple hours of all this other, I'm going to call it kangaroo court. <laughs> it's crazy. Some of the crazy things. And then when the case finally comes, the police officer did not show up. So it was just dismissed. So I missed work, and the police officers that came didn't ha- have the time to come. You know, who knows? Maybe he had an emergency. But we was an eyewitness to what we saw. But as we said this morning, there could have been others that saw this event. Anybody had had a different account. But what we saw: the guy was drunk, went right through the red light, caused the other guy to have to crash his car into the sign at Sheets. We was eyewitnesses. My friends, how wonderful that the apostles were eyewitnesses of the manifest presence of God in the flesh in Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? They saw with their own eyes God in the flesh. But it was more than just seeing Him. They heard Him speak. They heard His teachings. They heard Him speak to the thousands. And oftentimes He would explain to them the parables that the people didn't get the explanations. But he, they heard that. Heard Him proclaim the kingdom of God and the love of God with their own ears. They touched Him with their own hands. Touched the manifest God. God in the flesh with their own hands. We have these senses. But more importantly, His touch upon them. Could you imagine Christ resting His hand upon your shoulders? putting His arm around you, encouraging you, it's going to be okay. They even could smell Him. Now come on, we all know, we all have our own distinct smell, right? I know what my wife smells like. She usually smells pretty good. She knows what I smell like. Sometimes it's not so good. Yeah. They knew the smell of God in the flesh. And don't glorify that And thinking, oh, he always smelled like roses. He came in the flesh. They lived in a hot climate. I'm telling you, God in the flesh sometimes stank. Because he did hard work. He helped his father in the wood shop. But also the work of ministering. We know that oftentimes he had to go off by himself. To be with the father, to be refilled. I am sure he was exhausted. I don't know if anyone has seen the series The Chosen. We haven't watched all of the second series yet, but I think they do a wonderful job displaying Christ's humanity. I mean, it's showing the one day that that they just kept coming to him, kept coming to him for healing. And by the time he comes back to the, the tent where the disciples were, he was just like so exhausted he could just, I'm gonna go lay down. I think they did a wonderful job displaying that. He was human. It reveals His humanity. God in the flesh. They got to eyewitness this. The disciples. The apostles. You know, when we eyewitness something, we have to give a reasonable, accurate account. The best that we can. It has to be reasonably, a reasonable, accurate history of this account. But I'm going to say what they gave is better than a reasonably accurate account. Because they were led by the Holy Spirit. Yes, as we spoke this morning, read the four Gospels. Some of them are a lot different. Because they are different. They revealed it different. They saw it different. But it doesn't discredit the Bible. It's still true. It's still faithful. But they were very sure of what they saw, weren't they? But you know, they didn't always have this same confidence. Of who Jesus was. At the beginning, they didn't have that confidence of who He was. It developed after spending much time with Him. Like we need to spend much time with Him. And being filled with the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 8, 23-27, it says, Now when He got into a boat, His disciples followed Him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But He was asleep. Then His He was probably exhausted, as I just spoke of. He was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Who can this be? the same ones that are saying we saw him this is the Christ this is the Lord back then they were saying wow who can this be calm the storm israel was god's witnesses in the old testament isaiah 43:10 through 12 says you are my witnesses says the lord and my servant whom i have chosen That you may know and believe me, and understand that I am He. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I have declared and saved, I have proclaimed, and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God, that I am God. My friends, we are His witnesses today. The church is His witness today. Luke 12, 8, 9 says, Also I say to you, and this is God in the flesh speaking, Jesus speaking, it's His words. Look it up if you have a red letter Bible. Jesus says, I also say to you, whoever confesses Me before men, him the Son of Man will also confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. My friends, if we confess Him, we bear witness of Him, give testimony of Him, He will confess us before the angels of God. Are we bearing witness of Him? I believe that verse 3 in our passage is a key verse. It answers one of the reasons why we are to witness. Why we are to bear testimony of Christ and the kingdom of God says, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Before I get into the fellowship part, the disciples in proclaiming this, they're proclaiming that we have seen, we have heard, with our own eyes, we have touched, they're saying we are delivering nothing to you by hearsay. Nothing by tradition. We're not conjuring these things up in our own minds. But we have actually witnessed them. We were actually part of them. It's not hearsay. I didn't, not so and so said and so and so said and so and so said, but we saw it. But now we believe what they wrote. We believe what they have given to us, what they have witnessed. We believe it to be true. I know it to be true. So why did they bear witness? So that those who hear and believe in Christ will also have that same fellowship. The Greek word for fellowship, and I know if Papa T, Pastor Gary, was sitting here, he'd be saying the word before I spoke it. And if he's watching online, he probably is, because he says he watches almost every Sabbath. Gary's saying koinonia. The Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. And it means partnership. It means participation. It means benefaction. It means communion. So what is a partnership? In a partnership, what is it? We enter into a covenant agreement, right? We enter into a covenant partnership. So they want those who hear to enter into that same covenant agreement with God. Enter into that partnership with God. To be one with Him. Participation. To be active members, in the, to, be act, to actively participate in the witnessing of Jesus Christ. To be participants in the gospel of the kingdom of God, right? Not sitting on the sidelines, but to participate in. Be an active member of God's family. Participation. Benefactors. To receive that gift of salvation that God so freely gives. He wants those who hear. They want those who hear to be benefactors of what they're telling them. That they can be part of it. Do we not want others to have the same thing that we have? Amen? Yes. Yes. To have that common belief. To have faith in Jesus Christ. That is why we bear testimony of Jesus Christ. That those who hear may have the same hope, the same faith that we have. There cannot be fellowship without partnership. We have to have partnership. There is a wonderful example of Christian fellowship in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles now all who believed were together and all ha- and had all things in common and they sold their possessions and goods and delivered them among all as any one had need so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. They did what the church is called to do. But today the church is allowing the government to do what the church is called to do. They took care of one another. Any that had need, they took care of. My friends, that's what the church should be doing taking care of those that have need. As we also said this morning, if you have two tunics and you see a brother in need, give him one. Right? If you have food in the cupboard and your brother, your neighbor has none, take some of that food out and give it to him. The church should be doing what the government is doing. It's right there in Acts chapter 2. John wanted them to share in the peace and the happiness. Which resulted from the fact that the Son of God had appeared in human flesh on behalf of all mankind, to redeem mankind. John wanted those to hear to have that same joy. I know that John didn't use the word peace and happiness, he used the phrase that your joy may be full. If someone is full of joy, how's that joy going to express themselves, express itself rather? It's going to express itself in a, a peace that is evident in that person's life. A piece of passes all, How in the world do they have peace in what they're just going through or what they're going through? Well, they have Jesus Christ in their heart, right? All around us can be chaos, but we can have that peace. How else will it express itself? You'll see that joy on their face and a smile, right? You know, I've heard preachers say, I think a lot, many, a lot more people will become Christians if so many Christians didn't look so mad and grumpy. Come on! Are you full of joy today? Are you, do you have the joy of Christ in your heart? Put a smile on your face. Right? Don't look like the undertaker. <laughs> I found an illustration called a smile. A smile costs nothing. But it gives much. It enriches those who receive it, without making poorer those who give it. It takes but a moment, but the memory of it sometimes lasts forever. None is so rich or mighty that they can get along without it. And none is so poor, but that they can be made rich by it. A smile creates happiness in the home, fosters goodwill in business, It is the countersign of friendship. It brings rest to the weary, cheer to the discouraged, sunshine to the sad, and it is nature's best antidote for trouble. Yet it cannot be bought, begged, borrowed, or stolen, for it is something that is of no value to anyone until it is given away. Some people are too tired to give a smile. Give them one of yours. As none needs a smile so much as the one who has no more to give. Give that smile. I hope that sticks with you this week, right? Give that smile when you're standing in that line, that long line, and getting grumpy about a second. Smile. Come on. Smile. Give it. Pass that love along, right? I want to go back to the apostles. How awesome that must have been to walk with Jesus, to learn directly from God in the flesh, to hear that voice speak speak those amazing words of life. To hear of the Father. To hear of His love. To experience His love. To see the miracles that they saw. How awesome that must have been. My friends, it changed their lives. They were never the same. They were never the same because they were touched by Jesus. We, of course, cannot proclaim as the disciples did that we saw Him face to face, can we? But, my friends, He still changes lives. We can still bear witness of the amazing change that He has in our lives and those that we know. Some might say, well, I was an abusive husband, but now I love and cherish my wife because Jesus changed me. Some might say I was an adulterer, but I am no longer because Jesus touched my heart. I can stand up here and say that in my younger days, I drank. I like to drink. I like the feeling that I got when I drank. But I can also stand here and say, the Lord took that from me all the way back in 1984. And I have had absolutely zero desire to drink any longer. Because God took that from me. Zero desire to drink. I'm talking alcohol, not iced tea. (laughs) And I had a pretty foul mouth on me. In my younger days at the railroad, finally one day the Lord opened my ears and said, do you hear how bad that sounds? If you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, well, I've got news for you. He's real. Because He brought conviction upon my heart. And He cleaned up that foul mouth. God can do it. We can bear witness of what He can do in our lives. Or what He has done in our lives and what He can do in others' lives. We may not have touched Him, but we can share how He's touched us and changed our lives. Amen? Bear witness. Verse 5 and 6 said, This is the message which we have heard from Him and declared to you, that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So if we say that we have fellowship, what is it? Partnership. If we say that we have partnership with God and we're walking in darkness, we are lying. Because He is light and there is no darkness in Him whatsoever. So if we are in covenant agreement with Him, partnership with Him, and we are living in darkness, walking in it, what is darkness? Shadowy. If we are living a shadowy life, then we are lying and not telling the truth. And we have not really allowed God to change us. And we need to get on our knees and repent. And Lord, ask Him to help us, forgive us, and help us to walk in the light as He is in the light. Amen? Getting way ahead of myself here. But we need to practice the truth according to God's Word. We need to walk in the light as He is in the light. We say, yes, we're only human, but yes, He's given us the Holy Spirit to help us do that. We need to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. And He can change your life. Rosanna gave me a book that I'm not totally finished. They they turned the world upside down. The twelve men that turned the world upside down. The apostles... Turn the world upside down. My friends, it should still be going on today. Because we should be bearing witness of what God has done for us. We should be turning the world upside down for Him. And we are able, with His help, with the Spirit, sharing the love of Christ, sharing what He has done for us. And I had a scripture this morning that I looked at, just as I happened to be reading this morning. Isaiah 52 verse 7 How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news who proclaims peace who brings glad tidings of good things who proclaims salvation who says to Zion your God reigns How beautiful are the feet that brings good news are we bringing good news? Are we bearing witness of the God who has saved us from our sins and the God that can save all who confess their sins and believe on Him? Let's bear witness of God's wonderful gift to those that He places in our paths. Let's put a smile on a face and show them the peace and the joy and the hope that we have that they too may have it as the Apostle John said. Amen?